Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. Part of this talk I'm excited about is, I mean, I know a lot about your system. If anybody's watched or heard the podcast at all over the years, I, I talk about it quite a bit. I mean, I've got all the books Road to 138, the ones that your dad actually sent me about you know, the the system and all, like the little thin ones. And so I've gone through all that and, and enjoyed the talk with him. But I'm excited to talk with you kind of about your brand of the style and, and it, how the, how it has changed and how you're running the program. Because so many people know your dad and have watched his clinics and everything. But I don't know. I think that to me, it's really fun to see you played in it. You've been there for like Ali. That that school has just been a part of you, probably. I mean, for as long as you can remember. So anyway, uh, just thrilled to to get to have you on. Yeah, no, I I uh, I, I certainly think like my time as a player, uh, you know, playing for my old man. A lot of a lot of people, of course, wanted to ask how well how was that. I mean, it was great, except for about once a month, like like maybe most father son combinations. Once a month, we probably just had to be separated, you know. And, and if it was during the season, he might just he might just send the entire team home because he just knew we we both knew the direction that it was headed was not going to be productive. But other than that, uh, you know, my my dad and I are 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 honestly best friends. Like he was the best man at my wedding. Uh, we live right now, four houses apart. My, my oh, mom that's cool. four houses down from uh, my wife and I. And so, uh, you know, they're babysitting my three kids on a, on a very, very frequent weekly basis. And, um, you know, so getting to play in it, getting to learn from him um, was, was incredible. And I, I, I try not to 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 give him too much credit because I I do not think anybody in their right mind, if you were taking fifty or sixty three point shot attempts per game back in the early nineties, could have projected the direction that basketball was going, you know. And and but he was ahead of the curve, whether yeah. it was by luck or by plan, uh, you know, probably by luck. But uh, he was he he was he was ahead of the curve, and and now as we get like into 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 the year 2023 where if you're not taking a ton of threes now you're the crazy one mm-hmm. you know and and i think that it presents like a unique set of challenges for 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 us because we're not quite as different offensively uh relative to our the, our opponents as what we were back in the 90s you know or even 10 years ago and 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 those challenges like other teams now since they're taking so many threes themselves that they're also defending other teams that are taking threes they have they they just schematically they players on the court can do different things now you know more big guys can shoot threes yeah and more big guys can handle the ball a little bit and so our pressure defense where might have to change a little bit so uh certainly there are just some changes in the way that basketball has evolved i'm excited about the challenge and trying to stay ahead of the curve and trying to push the envelope yeah. as it relates to creativity um but it, it's 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 certainly changing and making things more difficult man that's such a great point because your dad even made that comment i think about how uh for a couple decades 
you were really unique and really special. Like when other teams played you, it was something that they'd really never done before or they rarely did. And so you had that little bit of an advantage. But now you're to your point, if a team, if a coach isn't having high expectations for three point usage, you know, if their if their scheme doesn't lead to that, then man, they're they're kind of behind, right? So I guess the first question is, is like your favorite style of play to teach. And I mean, unless you say it's not the Grinnell style and it's something then, okay, we can go that. But assuming it's that, and if it's not, correct me to your last point, 2023, what does the system look like now under you knowing the changes in basketball where you've got NBA and college players when they get inside the arc in their space, taking steps back to get back outside to shoot, you know, like where is it now for you? Yeah. So uh, the, the, the Grinnell style, the Grinnell system is, is, is definitely, definitely my favorite brand of basketball to teach, you know? Um, But the, the thing, there are so many different like variations of the Grinnell system, you know, and I, and I always like if, if somebody, we, we get a, a number of calls a lot of times from from high school programs that are looking to maximize player participation about, you know, wanting to go to this style. And, you know, one of the first things that I, I try to tell them is that, like, like you're going to have to you, you can take some of the principles that we use, but you're going to have to make it your own, you know, yeah. because I uh, uh, the 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 w- whether it's the length of the game or the length of a three point shot or the rules of the game or the opponents or the style of playing your area, like like to just take uh the 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 Grinnell system as we ran it this last year or whenever and say hey that's exactly what we're going to do is is it could be an okay place to start but there's no doubt you're going to have to make make tweaks to it you know and and uh we're making tweaks here on a on a yearly basis or trying to it used to be that that teams that we played against uh you know the 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 opposing coach would tell their guys you are not taking any three-point shots we are passing the ball around until we get a layup against this silly press you know and yeah. um now teams are just hoisting threes and yeah and now they're like this is great this is what we <laughs> want to do all the time right and 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 so it's left me sitting there thinking like well we're at, the pace is going up and down but it's not it's not three is greater than two you know yeah. it's not really what i'm familiar with and so how do we have to adjust what we're doing um to 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 either try to stop teams from taking threes or for certain shot if they if they if uh, i'm kind of resigned to the fact now if teams really want to try to take threes against us they're probably going to be able to do it you know and and um or else there's there else there's no there's no organization no discipline and you're going to beat teams like that anyway but you're right assuming that their coach has a plan and their players are skilled enough to execute that plan it might be a, a tough night. It, it really could be, you know, when we've played some teams that um, uh, have kind of tried to lead the way in, in terms of, of taking a lot of threes against us. Uh, it's worked on some nights. It works. It's worked better for us on some nights, just like a lot of things in basketball. But um, you know, in, when I say uh, to people that are thinking about going this route, like, Hey, you know, the Grinnell system, it, parts of it could be good, but you're going to have to evolve. That's, exactly what I went through when I was went to the D league, you know, now G league, like I yeah. went out there and I was like, Hey, the brain of basketball that I know is the Grinnell system. I'm going to start with that, but chances are we're going to have to adapt and adjust. There's a 24 second shot clock. I only have a 10 man rotation or 10 guys on the roster. You know, the game's just called a little bit differently. Um, 
Um, guards are a little bit quicker. Big guys can finish above the rim a little bit more than they could at Grinnell. And so I think there's always like just this constant adjustment process that that is going to go into uh, uh, the Grinnell system while still maintaining some of those core principles, you know, and our core principles that we still have that we've had really for, for forever have been um, five for five substitutions, you know, that we are going to rotate groups of five onto the floor and we are going to try to wear down, our, down the other team. And um, you know, another principle that we've had has just been that we are just going to play as hard as we possibly can. We are going to sprint the floor as hard as we can in both directions. Uh, we're going to crash the offensive glass. Uh, we are, we are going to try to just, again, wear the other team down you know, and, and um, obviously our, our constant full court pressure is still a staple where we're double teaming the basketball, wherever it goes, not letting another team run a set play for the duration of the, of the game. Maybe at the end of the game, if we have enough points to win, we we would kind of pack it in and go the other route, but um, you know, and then also just playing with the 12 second shot clock, that is mm-hmm. still a staple. We want to create a shot in 12 seconds, variety of ways to be able to do that. But um, you know, with with those kind of core tenants, there are so many different variations that you can go to get get those four core tenants. And a couple of great nuggets there. One, I think uh, a reminder for any coach that it's, you know, the springtime or, or summer, whatever time of the year, but you're looking at maybe implementing or making a change. There are so many great systems. I happen to love yours. But to your point, like any coach listening, you can take bits and pieces but then make sure that it fits your personnel, the administration that you have, the families, the system, the league. Because I wonder how many times guys like look at your style and say, I'm just going to do exact. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to do exactly that. But then they don't take into account that some variations that they need to see. And maybe they're blinded by just trying to stick to a path. I think they, that's the art of finding a system like yours, but then also making it your own and making it work the best for your players. I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I want my, I want my team to play right now, like the Denver nuggets, but I don't, I don't have the Joker, you know? And, and, and so it's going to be a little bit, <laughs> there's only be, one of the, it's, of it's, it, you know, it's, it's not quite, it's not going to work the same. If, if, if they got They got the best passing big man of all time, you know, it and I think awesome. that can be true about, any style that you're running, that there can be bits and pieces that you want to take. And maybe it fits perfectly, or maybe you even have to start someplace where you say, Hey, you know what? I just want to see what it looks like running an an exact copycat version of, of, of something, which I think is a good thing. I don't use the term copycat as a bad thing. I think it's a great thing that we, it's how we learn and grow. And, but um, you know, you know, being willing to adjust kind of on the fly is, 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 is so important in coaching, so important in life, um, you know, and just, and just, uh, uh, not being so stuck in, hey, this is how we have to do it, but but adapting to to uh, to players and adapting to personnel that you might have. Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk is because I watched, you know, a guru of go is one of my favorite thirty for thirties with Paul Westhead, and 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 to watch him take his system and try to go to the NBA, I think with the Nuggets. Back in the day, you know, they they were averaging like 140 or 50, but they're giving up like 160. It, it didn't really have. I mean, obviously, and and I think your dad said it, it made me really laugh. He was like in his books or even even the podcast. He said, you know, early on it was just we need to do something different. He said, I never thought we could win with it, and, and that, but that started happening in your in, um, experience with taking it to the G League. 
how did those guys respond? How did they take the subbing? You know, what at what point did you feel like you had to start making adjustments? Um, you, you know, they they responded in at 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 various levels of like both comfort and belief. And um, you know, it was also hard because I didn't have like professional playing experience, certainly not in the NBA. Uh, it was my first time coaching professional basketball. And I was close to the, you know, I had a couple guys on the team that were older than I was at the time. And so um getting them to try to buy into that uh uh was certainly challenging. I I, I recall I think it was it was either a first or second game and and Hassan Whiteside had like 30 points, 22 boards and eight block shots against us just at the back of the press, just just catching lobs and just and just flushing it home. And we lost. And I I just remember thinking like what is go what what just happened out there? You know, and and um I, I tried to stick with it through most of our most uh, like halfway through the first year. Truth be told, I should have been fired after my first year, probably if you look at the wins and losses. And <laughs> um, I mean, we went 20 and 30 and and we gave up a ton of points. We averaged like 133 or something like that, um, which is awesome. And, and I, what I realized was at the point in time where I was used to seeing the other team get tired, we were actually the ones getting tired. 12 minute quarters, uh, a lot of travel, um, only a 10 man rotation. One guy get one guy steps on an, on a great on a athletes foot and rolls too. An ankle. like they're literally great athletes, you know? Yeah. One guy steps on a foot and rolls an ankle and all of a sudden he's out and you can't even sub five for five anymore, you know? And so, yeah. um, uh, I started, I started kind of mixing and matching midway through the first year when they picked up my option. I knew that we were going to have to make some changes again, just to fit. I knew that I still wanted to lead the league in, in pace and points scored, which we did in year two. I just thought that we maybe had to be more selective with our pressing. Uh, we had to be, uh, uh, uh adjust the rotation a little bit. I had to use timeouts or the media timeouts to my advantage a little bit more just to, again, using the rules of the game to your advantage. Yeah. Is is pressing, and this is one thing I always felt, is pressing worth it if it's only creating the pace that you want? Or is it worth it when it, because obviously it creates pace, but it's creating live ball turnovers that give mm -hmm. you more of an, because I, I didn't mind it when they would come down and just kick it out of bounds or throw it out of bounds. That happened. But then, you know, they're also setting up. I didn't see it create enough live ball turn turnovers i thought okay this is worth the effort that we're having to give on that side yeah um i i would generally agree like like you need to be able to force the the the, the turnovers um you know i i think too i'm not entirely sure how what percentage of those would need to be live ball turnovers yeah, yeah. um you know there are benefits to just creating the pace i i felt like our um, I guess in a way, half court offense in the D league was had had the highest efficiency. And it's and it's not because we were playing half court offense. It's just again based on how they counted it. They counted it like after after a made basket. I was saying we need to create a transition opportunity after a made basket, though by technicality, I think a transition opportunity actually I don't know if it can or can't come after a made basket. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like so we're saying, like you think of a transition opportunity. And conventional wisdom would be would be saying, well, that's a that's a turnover, right? Or that's a missed shot defensive rebound where you're going and you have a numbers advantage. I like to say, you know what, our offense can be even better if we can create transition opportunities after the other team scores. Hmm. Um, 
you know, and we can create a numbers advantage after the other team scores, which is not a traditional, I think, transition opportunity. Did you feel like with the 24 second shot clock that you were rarely seeing it? You know, I've been I've thought that early on and even some of these NBA games when I watch it, there's shots that they could take. There's gaps that they could explode, but they're running some actions. And then all of a sudden it's four to six seconds left. Oh, oh crap. Isolate or a quick ball screen in isolation, but they're near the end of the shot clock. How often did you guys even run up against it? Not frequently at all, you know, and I also felt like a shorter shot clock, uh, it's just going to lead to more pace anyways. So sometimes if you're using a press to create pace, but you're playing with a 24 shot clock, you might not need to create as much pace. Um, Again, another rule change in NCAA Division III, like it used to be, I don't know how many years ago, a 35-second shot clock. Those possessions could feel like an eternity. Um, You know, as they've shortened the shot clock now, uh, pace naturally is just going to be increased in games of basketball. So uh, we didn't go... You know, again, we were working with the 12-second shot clock. We'd practice with the 12-second shot clock. That's something we still do at Grinnell to this day is practice with the 12-second shot clock. Just kind of get guys in the idea of what does 12 seconds feel like? How much can be accomplished in 12 seconds? Well, if you're sprinting the floor and you are getting the ball out of the net quick and inbounding it and running, there's a lot of stuff that can happen in 12 seconds, you know, to generate generate a quality look. So 12 seconds, you're you're running that obvious law for makes. But once the leather touches their fingertips, either off a miss or a steal, that clock is going. And then how often do you have them? Do you let them play past the 12? Or is it literally you guys have to get a shot up or score before that? I've I've played a similar game for 15 seconds early Mm -hmm. on. A lot of chaos, low shot selection or poor shot selection, maybe some buzzer beater type shots. How do your guys handle that? Yeah, we'll do it different ways. You know, sometimes in practice, it will truly be, hey, if the shot clock goes off at 12 seconds, then then it's going to be a turnover. You know, other times it's it's more of like a guideline, like, hey, here's we need to be looking to generate a, a good look, but we're going to let you play a little bit past it. But but again, you need to be aware that that's just not acceptable pace on a regular basis. Um, yeah. I, I think that the. Uh, the, the shooting percentage thing is is really really interesting like right like like um it, it can become it can become a free-for-all in a way and if you're saying hey we want to take a shot in 12 seconds and the the guys on the team don't understand what their role is or they're all thinking that they need to have that they should be having the same role because everybody gets to shoot it then the three-point percentage is just going to be low you know and so i yeah. think the he is like structuring the lanes that people are running or who gets the basketball in their hands or where the first pass is kind of what we're looking for, not necessarily where it's going, are going to the guys that you want the ball in their hands, <laughs> that you trust the decisions they're going to make. They're going to make shots or they're going to uh, break somebody down off the dribble and be able to create an, an inside out easy shot for somebody else within that 12 second time frame. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.